1: The Biz podcast delivers tea news that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Think of us as a digital caravan of storytellers bringing authentic, authoritative, and exclusive stories to you weekly from the tea land. Hello everyone, here are this week's headlines. Globally, tea consumption is regaining its momentum. Tea acquisitions and mergers set a record in 2021, a tea in 22 forecast, and West Longjing Digital Authentication launches March 1st. More in a minute, but first, this important message.
2: What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Keilani Valley, Telawakili, wanthalawa Harana,
3: and Eliptia tea estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka.
1: Tea globally is gradually accelerating to pre-pandemic growth rates, according to the U.N. Food and Agriculture Organization's Tea Secretariat and consumer research firms that annually assess the market. Next week, FAO's Intergovernmental Group on Tea will conduct its 24th session, virtually, Several reports released prior to the day-long sessions attest to the long-term growth in tea consumption, but the pace is uneven. In some tea growing regions, consumption is registering nearly double-digit growth. In mature markets, growth is flat or in decline. World tea consumption increased annually by... 3.6% to 6.1 million metric tons over the decade to 2020, writes FAO IGG. In China, consumption expanded at an annual rate of 7.3% over the decade, reaching 2.6 million metric tons in 2020 and representing 43% of the world's tea consumption. Quote, Tea consumption in the traditional importing countries of Europe, North America, and the Russian Federation has declined over the last decade, writes FAO IGG. Declines in Russia are likely temporary due to a weak economy. In Europe and the U.S., the decline is long-term as tea loses share to competing beverages. Quote, At the global level, tea consumption expanded by 1% in 2020 compared to 2019, and further increased in 2021, as the market continues to be underpinned by robust demand, writes FAO-IGG. Production increased by 3.5% annually over the last decade, keeping pace with demand through 2018. Stocks worldwide declined in 2020 and 2021 as production for the first time fell in more than 20 years. In contrast, consumption spiked. Consumption totals are less reliable than production totals because the tea in storage is not tallied, but it is now clear that since 2019, The world's supply of tea is no longer in balance with rising demand and deficits are estimated at 250,000 metric tons per year. Globally, consumption totaled 6.4 billion kilos in 2020, growing at a modest 1.5% compared to 2019. The Economist Intelligence Unit estimates consumption increased by 2.1% last year. EIU predicts a doubling to 4.3% in combined annual growth rate by 2023. At that rate, growth consumption will reach 6.8 billion kilos in 2022 and 7 billion kilos in 2023. Statista, market research in Hamburg, Germany, estimated consumption at 6.3 billion kilos in 2020 and anticipates consumption will equal 7.4 billion kilos by 2025. Production through 2030 is likely to fall further and further behind. Biz Insights Query Google and you will see tea market estimates that range from less than 100 billion to more than 200 billion, a very broad spread that depends on what's included in the valuation. There is, however, consensus that tea revenue is accelerating after a period of pandemic related doldrums. In July, Research and Markets released projections that the global market will total $71.8 billion by 2026. The firm estimates sales of $47.4 billion in 2020, growing at a combined annual rate of 7.15%, according to its global tea market report. Research in markets includes both Camellia Sinensis and herbal teas in its estimates, but excludes ready-to-drink tea in bottles and cans. Tea acquisitions and mergers were few in 2021, a T in 22 forecast. This is the 10th of 12 T in 22 forecasts for the year. Acquisitions and tea company mergers were few in 2021. The most significant was the $5 billion acquisition of Unilever's tea business by Luxembourg based CVC Capital Partners. When the sale closes mid-year, Ecaterra will be the world's largest tea company with 34 brands, including iconic Black Tea Behemoths, Lipton Yellow Label, PG Tips, and Brooke Bond, along with smaller but fast growth Puka, retail chain T2, and Tazo. Annual sales were €2 billion Euros in 2020. Unilever kept its share of the U.S.-based PepsiCo-Lipton joint venture, as well as operations in Nepal, India, and Indonesia. In March, German-based Martin Bauer Company acquired Power Brands, a Los Angeles-based beverage formulator and marketing company. Last April, Hearst Tea Company acquired Tetley Harris Food Group from Tata Consumer Products, Harris Tea was part owner of the venture that supplies food service operators. Harris is the largest blender of private-label tea in the U.S., distributing licensed brands that include Good Earth, Newman's Own, Salata, Red Rose, Chai Moments, and Southern Breeze. In November, Chazin-based Hay Tea acquired juice producer Yu Kishang. The price was not disclosed. Crunchbase is an online financial research company that tracks mergers and acquisitions by sector and segment. There are 661 tea companies listed, of which 10% are publicly owned. The majority, 638, are for-profit. Excluding the CVS acquisition, Crunchbase reported 257 funding rounds totaling 1.5 billion in 2021. Notable investments included 500 million in Haiti, a 25 million Series D round for Vatam Tea in India, a 15 million dollar angel round for Oriental Hongtou, a fast-growing herbal tea company in China and a $9.2 million Series A investment in Owl's Brew, a tea and beverage manufacturer in New York. Business Insight As pandemic-related uncertainty recedes, investment is expected to increase. Last week, Irresistible Foods Group, the parent to King's Hawaiian Beverage Group, acquired Shaka Tea in Hilo, Hawaii. The city of Hangzhou will begin authenticating and digitally tracking Westlake Longjing tea effective March 1st. Lots, some valued at hundreds of thousands of dollars, are assigned a special identification code with anti-counterfeiting features to ensure traceability of harvest details, including the farm and production year. Farmers, retailers, wholesalers must display these serial numbers on the packages or tins they sell. The codes can be scanned with a cell phone by consumers at the time of purchase. The government controlled Hangzhou West Lake Longjin Tea Protection Database will be shared by several authorities, including law enforcement. The codes are not transferable. Individuals caught trying to loan the codes to other producers or replicate the codes will be fined 10,000 won, about $1,500 per violation. Companies violating the city regulations face fines of up to 50,000 won. The city also designated the geographical boundaries and defined the precise steps to follow during the 10 hours required to process authentic Longjing. Frying tea leaves by hand is considered the core of processing, since hand-fried leaves are more aromatic than their machine-fried counterparts. Workers trained in traditional processing methods are certified Hangzhou craftspeople upon demonstrating their proficiency. The regulations also stipulate the types of fertilizer permitted And farmers are encouraged to use organic instead of synthetic inputs. Business Insight. High-frequency NFC electronic tags with a unique digital signature from the manufacturer unfailingly reveal counterfeits. The UHF RFID tags are logistics tracking tags used to receive, deliver, and inventory tea. Each RFID chip has a secure encrypted globally unique identification number, NFC anti-counterfeiting labels can be affixed to the small tea package, and the RFID logistics label is affixed to the larger sacks of tea during transportation and in storage. Arvinda and Antheraman in, in Bengaluru reports on this week's tea auction prices.
3: India Tea Price Report for the week ending 12th February 2022. It's nearly time for First Flush 2022. The Tea Board of India announced plucking dates for North India, where tea gardens were closed for winter. The dates are February 14th for Assam and all of the northeastern states of India and also the Terai and Duars regions of Bengal. February 21st for the Darjeeling Hills in Sikkim and March 7th for the northern states of Himachal Pradesh, which is home to Kangra, and Uttarakhand. There is an expectation for a good first flush this year. Setting the mood, Assam announced its first record sale at the auctions with sale 6. The Nahor Shugbari factory that processes leaves procured from small growers in the Debrugar area have sold a tea named Golden Pearl, and orthodox black tea, which was bought by Assam Tea Traders, for 99,999 rupees per kilo, which equals approximately 1,300 US dollars. In auction, sales 6 continued to see good demand for all tea types. The prices remain largely unchanged from the last week.
1: And now, a word from our sponsor. QTrade understands that a successful
2: tea blend goes beyond the creative fusion of appearance, aroma and flavor. Our multi-award-winning product development team is passionate about converting natural ingredients into sensory experiences that customers crave. Every recipe is formulated with a commercial backbone of dependable quality sourcing with a pricing structure that supports a safe, regulated, profitable, and scalable blend. Q-Trade meets every brand's retail, food service, and e-commerce need. For more information, visit our website... Q-tradeteas.com.
1: This week, T-Biz travels to Duke University in North Carolina, where Jessica Willard explores the cultural underpinnings and growing interest in drinking yupan tea. Yupan is made from the caffeinated leaves of a species of holly tree native to the Americas. Close relatives include Yerba Mate and Wayusa.
0: What makes one beverage become more popular than another? What makes a beverage take hold at one moment in history over another? Christine Folch, Assistant Professor of Cultural Anthropology at Duke University in North Carolina, explores these questions through her research on three beverages of the ilix or Holly, genus. Yerba Mate, Yopan, and Guayusa. From the start of the colonial period in the Americas, in the 16th century, commercialization attempts were made to position these three elix beverages as caffeinated drinks that could compete on the world stage with coffee and tea, which were just entering the market. These attempts failed for various social, cultural, and economic reasons which Dr. Fulch discussed in fascinating detail in her talk at the 2022 Global Tea Institute Colloquium in January. Dr. Fulch joins us today on Teabiz to continue the conversation. You talk about the curious story of Yopan and how it was consumed as a form of protesting British rule. Then you discuss how it remained popular during the U.S. Civil War. Particularly in the south, and you discuss the reason consumer identity issues impeded its popularity. How has consumer identity shifted now in 2022 to give Yopon another chance to enter the caffeinated beverage industry?
2: I think this is a really fun question. When I first tasted Yopon, the first thing I noticed was it was really yummy. The other thing that I noticed quite immediately is like where I got it, which was the shrubbery right outside of my window. So I made it myself, um, toasted it and tried it. And I was like, this stuff is so good. And it's yard decor. So it raises this really important question. like, Why is it that we in the United States don't drink something that is quite delicious and grows with like little tending? right outside uh, our homes if we're in the southern part of the United States. What is it? What is it about this thing that, that has impeded its uptake? The best answer I could find is that it has to do not with the product itself, but with the people around the products. I think that beverages and food come socially encumbered. They come with social implications. And so the Identities of the people who were fans of this beverage in the 19th century and beforehand uh, were marginalized identities for various reasons. The primary consumers were indigenous people. And as we know about the complicated and tragic history of North America, so there's a sort of tension about, you know, a sort of a a rejection around indigeneity, which can be incredibly violent and has been historically. So, yopan was consumed by wrong people in in the 19th century so then the question becomes what has changed and i think what has changed is that we see other values percolating (laughs) um to to the surface which are a realization that actually um the communities that we thought were marginalized and therefore their consumption was like less desirable. Actually, those communities have heritage. Those communities actually know a lot about land. Those communities actually, um, are the source of incredible creativity. Um, and so there's an openness to, to, to that consumption.
0: If our listeners are so lucky as to be able to find a cafe or shop or experience that is that is selling yopan and Guayusa. Is there anything our listeners should know before they try it? One of those for
2: the first time? I think that you should expect to be surprised by how yummy it actually is. So I'm drinking some yopan right here, right now, and I don't have any sugar in it. This is actually a really pleasant drink that is like less bitter than black tea. I think you're going to taste it. You're going to be like, that's not something I've had before but that's not, that's not bad. I'd like to try some more. You can get Yopon in the United States by ordering directly from a number of Yopon companies. The way you spell it is Y-A-U-P-O-N. And it comes from the Catawba for a small tree. So even the name itself holds so much about the history of this land.
0: Where do you recommend someone take their first sip of one of these beverages?
2: around your kitchen table with your friends and a good mug. Just try it, you know, wherever you can get it, you should try it. But I think it's really great in company. The thing about these beverages is that they are social. They're meant to be consumed with other people. So, you know, have a taste test with your roommates, see which one you like. Uh, That's how I think you should have it. You can listen to Dr. Folch's
0: address at the Global Tea Institute Colloquium on the GTI website, globaltea.ucdavis.edu. She addressed historical attempts to commercialize the elix beverages and why they failed, as well as investigates why they're starting to gain traction in the 21st century as eco-responsible, earthy alternatives, to mass-produced caffeinated drinks, visit globaltea.ucdavis.edu.
1: Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of tea biz journalists and tea experts? Remember to visit the T-Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-biz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week.